0: Thank you all for joining us today. We are at our second recording in Austin. We have our chamber podcast on the road. Our show is Sharing Your Sweat Equity, a business podcast. And we are super excited to have the newly chosen speaker pro tem for the Texas State House of Representatives, Mr. Joe Moody. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for letting us come and kind of take over your office. (laughs) right now and get everything set up so how's everything going so far
1: it's been it's been great so far busy
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, as it usually is at this point in session you know, you know a lot of folks um, traveling from all over the state coming up to the state house and and getting ready for you know the real policy debates mm-hmm. that start up they'll start in earnest in the next couple of weeks
0: Well so for our listeners that aren't super familiar mm-hmm. with texas legislature and the way that it works tell them a little bit about your new role as speaker pro tem
1: sure so um you know, the the membership so this is very different than you'd see in in washington dc where the caucuses control the part the party caucuses control uh, appointments and the you know the the speaker of the house is chosen by the majority party and the minority party doesn't have any input on that and so that, that's not the way that things are done in Austin. So when we had a vacancy uh, in the Speaker's office, mm-hmm. because our previous Speaker, Joe Strauss from San Antonio, uh, retired. Right. Uh, there became a, a, a new race for the Speaker of the House. And, uh, you know, we all were part of that conversation, whether we be Democrat or Republican. And uh, yeah, I, I chose to support our new Speaker, um, Dennis Bonin, who's out of Brazoria County. And, and so as a part of that conversation he's now asked me to serve as his uh, kind of second in command and that's the speaker pro tem so Mm -hmm. technically the speaker pro tem will preside over the chamber if the speaker is not available to do so Mm -hmm. Um, you know just uh, but more than anything i think the position is to help the cohesiveness of the chamber as a whole so there's Mm -hmm. 150 of us from across the state and i think the job is the job is to ensure that we get the best outcome possible for all 150 members and and and, and make sure that the family gets along as best as we possibly can.
0: <laughs> so I believe if I'm correct, you're the first speaker pro tem from El Paso. Uh,
1: in all the records we've looked through, I can't, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that seems to be the case.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about how important it is that you are serving as speaker pro tem being from el paso but also being from the other side of the aisle being Mm -hmm. from the democratic party
1: well i think speaker Bonin, in the actions he's taken so far since he's been elected speaker is to show that this this chamber is going to operate in in a bipartisan nature Mm -hmm. uh there's not been a democrat in this position speaker pro tem since 2009 so it's been 10 years since we have you know had that but also, I think that's a function of the fact that you know, there are 12 new Democrats in the Texas House this session. Right? Our numbers went uh, from 55 to 67 over the last two years in the chamber. So, all of that leads to more equity uh, mm-hmm. across party lines because that's the makeup of the body. Right. And so, I, I think the, the speaker certainly understands that. He he knows that. He respects that. He's he he's been in the house for 20 years. He knows it functions best mm-hmm. when we work together, and so this was obviously a, a sign of an, a, another sign among many that he's sent out that this is this this is about getting to work on the business of the people, and that we're not going to dive into this hyper partisanship as we have done in the past.
0: Yeah, and I think when we had our last podcast session with Senator Rodriguez, he mentioned that the feel is different than last session. It feels more collaborative. It feels like more things are going to get done. Do you share that kind of feeling?
1: I, I agree. I agree with that. It's just it's it's a, it's a different, there's a different energy in the building. And that's, that's certainly welcome. You know, last day of last session, there was essentially a fist fight on the house floor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if I go back to day one of 2017, day one of session, we heard, sorry, it would be day two, day two <laughs> of 2017 session, there was a big fight over the bathroom bill. Nothing like that has happened. And now we're well, at, well past day two <laughs> in 2019. So, I mean, if you're just using those kind of guideposts and metrics, the, the, the chamber seems to be a lot more collegial. It mm-hmm. seems like the decorum is returned, uh, the respect. And I think given the national tone of politics, it is important to lead by example. So, uh, you know, this is not... A, this is not an environment in which we're going to tolerate people being disrespectful of one another. Mm-hmm. If you can debate issues and policy that you believe in wholeheartedly and maybe not on the same page as a colleague, mm-hmm. but you can do it in a respectful way. And we're, we ha- we, it is our responsibility, every single one of us, to raise expectations mm-hmm. and to conduct ourselves like professionals and, and, and have the... Requisite amount of respect for one another and that's just it should go without saying it's sad that in this day and age you have to make that point clear
0: yeah and I mean hopefully Texas and the way that we work together and cooperate can be a model um, maybe some good influence on the national stage and in our um, representatives across the country um, at the federal level but some of your priorities um, you're going to need bipartisan support on. So Mm -hmm. let's start off first with the death penalty. You submitted HB 246, which would actually abolish the death penalty here in in Texas. So with this new renewed sense of bipartisanship, do you think that you're going to see more progress on that than you would in past sessions? Or is that something uh, that you're still going to gonna struggle getting some support for
1: I think and so that bill is authored by representative Jessica Farrar out of Houston Mm -hmm. so I have I have I've added my name to that bill Uh, it's some certainly a new position I've taken as I've thought through the complex nature of the death penalty Uh, do I believe that abolition is something that has wide bipartisan support probably not yet Mm -hmm. Uh, not yet but I think I, I think that this session if I step if we can step back and look at look at the death penalty as a whole i think this session you're going to see bills related to the death penalty elevate maybe not abolition but mm-hmm. how we handle the death penalty and someone who has an intellectual developmental disability right? there's been some very high profile cases in fact the united states supreme court sent back a case from houston a death penalty case in which they said hey texas you're you're you are evaluating mm-hmm. people wrong you're not doing it correctly you need to Fix this problem. The, the courts here in Texas have told the legislature, "You need to give us some guidance. We need a procedure by which to to evaluate whether someone has an intellectual developmental disability. Because if they do, it is unconstitutional to execute them." <laughs> right. And so, uh, that is a very real world problem that exists within. Even if you believe that we should have the death penalty, that has to be resolved. Uh, you know. We need to make sure that if there's junk science or new evidence that's available, do people have remedies for for those situations? Mm-hmm. So, while I think abolition is still a little bit off in the distance, I think the conversation is going to grow very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked with a group called the Conservatives Concerned About the Death Penalty. It's a national group of conservatives that want that are seeking the abolition of the death penalty, and so that it is a growing group. I certainly, think that you know Texas is probably not going to be quick to, to abolish, but I do think the conversation, what I think will happen this session is we will, we will see a broader conversation about issues with the death penalty that I hope will lead people to the conclusion that with all these problems, all these issues, why, are, why do we still have it? When, right. we, when, when we have life without possibility of mm-hmm. parole, we have a punishment that keeps someone separated from society for the rest of their natural
0: lives. Mm-hmm. More on the criminal justice aspect of things. You chaired the Criminal Justice um, Committee before. So what are some of those criminal justice bills that you are looking for? Specifically because at a federal level, I know that we are looking at more programs to take previously incarcerated individuals or those who are currently incarcerated and give them better job skills, even training to open up their own businesses. So what is Texas doing on that level? How can we improve criminal justice?
1: So we have been, you know, we certainly have been taking a different tack in the last 6 to 10 years. This is an area where we have seen incredible bipartisan support. We know that we want to hold people accountable if they've done something wrong. And that's and that's fine and we all agree on that. If you're going to put them on that path and then you want them to improve their lives, if you want them to you kind of get on the right track, right. the biggest barrier those individuals face is employment opportunity. One of the main reasons people recidivate or you know or why recidivism rates are high is because We have created barriers to employment, barriers to entry into Mm -hmm. the workplace for folks that have a criminal record. Um, Certainly, there's information that employers need, and I think we need to make sure we balance those things. But if we're trying to get someone back on the right track, and then we cut off every avenue, like they can't get this license, they can't get that license, they can't get that, and it becomes a life sentence for something they've served their time for, they've done their time, or probation, or what have you. And so Texas is starting to take a look over the last six to ten years about How do we start to edge away from that with the public safety always in our mind? Mm -hmm. But if folks have gotten themselves to a position where they want to be on the right track, we don't need to be a barrier to that.
0: Especially with the workforce challenges that a lot of our businesses are facing. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a shortage of, of available workers. Workers are getting poached off of job sites. So if they do have that other avenue, that would be rate to remove those barriers that they would have to hiring people who had been formerly incarcerated
1: oh sure and i mean i've talked to business owners about it i mean there's a reason why you've got the texas association of business Uh involved in criminal justice Mm -hmm. reform i mean it probably i mean you know you and i kind of get why that makes sense (laughs) but for everyone else so why do business people why would they care about it well because we're over criminalizing a lot of young people right Mm -hmm. now and when you do that that's the workforce yeah. <laughs> and so if they have a contract or federal contract or whatever and there's some restrictions on who you mm-hmm. can hire it makes it hard to fill these jobs
0: yeah i mean our businesses really have to look at balancing you know do i grow my business through state and federal contracts or do i hire this person who can really be an asset to my company and can fill in those gaps that i have so it really is is a hard issue for them and i'm looking forward to to seeing some, some improvements on that at the state level. Yeah,
1: I have, some, I have some high hopes for that.
0: So, the other thing that we wanted to talk to you about, which I'm sure everybody is asking you about, is of course marijuana legislation. <laughs> <I> <laughs> so, HB 63, which would mm-hmm. decriminalize marijuana, what would HB 63 do for that?
1: And this industry? actually dovetails very nicely with what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. 70,000 arrests a year in Texas, mostly mm-hmm. young people. Mostly people of color
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for low-grade possession of marijuana. You know, these are these these types of crimes. These types of crimes, and the, if you go through the court system, you've got a criminal history for life, losing your driver's license, you've got barrier to employment, harder to get into an apartment or what have you. Can mm-hmm. you can lose school loans uh, just for being in possession of under two ounces, which is a Class B mis- uh class b misdemeanor so everything that you want a young person to be doing which is education making sure they can get around in their car uh, having a place to live getting on their feet getting a job all those things are derailed by a non-violent low-level offense Mm -hmm. and so what hb 63 does is creates a civil sanction Uh, says we're not going to treat possession under an ounce as a crime anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, still it would still be Illegal we are just not putting you in the criminal justice system. We will put you in the civil justice system uh, and there's a fine uh, or you can't pay a fine. There's other remedies available mm-hmm. in the bill We're not going to give you a criminal history record. We're not going to suspend your driver's license We're not going to do we're not going to create all those collateral consequences mm-hmm. for you also So that's the benefit to the person the offender. How about right. the benefit to the taxpayer? I mean you're talking about an enormous amount of costs related to law enforcement jailing prosecution that is just off the table now mm-hmm. now prosecutors across the state are doing this uh within their own discretion mm-hmm. in harris county noesis county is another example i think Bayer county and, and that's san antonio they think they just did something uh, el paso does have a what's called a first chance program now mm-hmm. it's a, it's a little bit more it's a little narrower than i think other counties have Definitely room to improve there, but uh, we're we doing something within the prosecutorial discretion to to track people out of the criminal justice system pre kind of pre arrest diversion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then uh, handling things that way.
0: What are the chances of this getting passed? What are you seeing in terms of working together to to move this this legislation forward? And what are the chances that the governor actually signs it? Because of course you can get it still through the House it. Senate, <laughs> and then you got to still get it through the governor. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, you have to take your cues on that stuff mm-hmm. because this is, these are all, the. I mean, you stated it perfectly. All these processes have to take place to get into law. Uh, this is a bill that's been voted out of House Committee in a bipartisan fashion for two sessions. Mm-hmm. Last session, it was placed uh, placed on what we call the calendar, which is our schedule of bills to debate. It was placed on a calendar for debate on the House floor. At the end of last session, this goes back to our conversation about uh, Decorum and 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 how we (laughs) operated it got snagged up with I don't know how many other hundred bills in a late session meltdown Mm -hmm. In which just I don't know how many bills just died as they waited there on the calendar So it was one of those Mm -hmm. so we we were trying to get it on the floor to debate last session I I feel pretty confident that we can get it on the floor for debate this session Uh, The Senate is you know Senate is going to take their look at Mm -hmm. it the governor in his in his debate during the campaign season did address this issue of locking up low-level offenders Now and he said essentially his policy position was I don't want to lock up low-level offenders I don't want county jail space used for that. I don't want law enforcement resources used for that. And so he certainly he certainly um, Indicated that there is room to work there now his solution that he stated at, at, at the debate was creating a class C criminal offense Ultimately, that that probably wouldn't get to the outcome that he stated he wanted, Mm -hmm. which is less people locked up. I think he probably would still be like, because you can lock people up for a class C as well. Maybe fewer of them, but not as, you know, it's still going to, I still don't think it gets to where his stated goal was. Also, I think the the positive thing we've seen in the last couple of years, the Texas Republican Party added a plank to their platform that is essentially House Bill 63. Mm -hmm. So this official position of the state Republican (laughs) party is this is a good thing to do. And so there's a lot of agreement on this, Mm -hmm. uh, but I've also been been in the legislature for a few sessions. I know that people can agree on something and it's still not passed. So (laughs) uh, I have have, have a lot of confidence in where we're at with that, and I hope this is a session we get it to the governor's desk.
0: Well, we'll keep monitoring that, and um, I'm sure everybody's going to be, the rest of the country is going to be watching that to see what happens as well.
1: Texas has an opportunity to really step into that debate in a big way. Also on the medical, I mean the medical cannabis Mm -hmm. industry is one that is growing quickly across the globe. And Texas, if we choose to, could be a game changer globally in the medical Mm -hmm. cannabis industry.
0: What are some of your other legislative priorities for this session? I'm sure that you're busy with your new role as Speaker Pro Tem, but what are some other things that you really want to accomplish by the end of this session?
1: So when it comes to El Paso, there are a, there are a handful of things that all of us are making sure that we are mindful of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that is the dental school right. at Texas Tech. Uh, that is a priority for us. It is getting the pharmacy school at UTEP back to the funding level that it should it should be. Mm-hmm. It, it had it had a had the requisite amount of funds in 2015 and 2017 when we saw a downturn they scaled it back and it really did some harm to the program and so we need to get utep's pharmacy program back to where it needs to be the other one that got you know unfortunately you know with the tramway shutting down uh, in in late you know late last year really put us behind the eight ball Mm -hmm. because the budgets were already being written and money was already getting kind of you know the money issues were getting hammered out and we we didn't get we didn't get the notice on that until very late that it needed to be completely replaced. Mm -hmm. And so the timing of it couldn't have been worse for the legislative session. But I think that all of us are pushing our our shoulder behind that as hard as we can. And uh, my hope is that we walk away with some significant revenue from the state, uh, maybe in a partnership with our our local nonprofit and also um, I think city partners Mm -hmm. to, to get to to not lose the opportunity to bring the tram back online and actually get an opportunity to reimagine what it can be it can it can be bigger and better than it's ever been and so while well it certainly was not the great news that it was shutting down uh, it gave us the opportunity to maybe maybe do it even better this time mm-hmm. around but I, it that one's a it's a tough lift because it's such short notice that we had to get that rolling but we are all working on that so those are those are three those are three major things that all of us in el paso are going to continue to talk about mm-hmm. all session um, you know, for, for for me, most of my issues fall in the criminal justice arena, and we've you know we've certainly touched on on those. But uh, uh, you know, always looking for opportunities to advance economic development in our region. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that we're doing the best for our small business owners. You know, they're the lifeblood of the community in El Paso, and and so those are the those are the things that we'll continue to to monitor and make sure that our voice is heard in those debates and those conversations.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of our contractors are going to be really closely looking for that dental school because not only do they have the opportunity to build that dental school and to be subcontractors on that really big project, but also as a chamber, we're looking at bringing, you know, the dentist school and having people come into El Paso, stay, open up their own practices, become members of the chamber. And so it's something that we're really excited about and we're thrilled to see the dental school moving forward. There's also been some talk about maybe possibly getting a law school in El Paso. What kind of time frame would we be looking at for that?
1: And that's been, and the conversation of the law school in El Paso has been around for probably as long as I've, I've been in the legislature. I remember there was a conversation about it in 2009. And I think we just, you know, we just need to continue to make sure that that's part of the broader conversation that we're having about education in our state as a whole. So, certainly, is an opportunity for us thinking through, you know, our institutional partners and how to make that happen. It's probably the biggest thing that we need to to work through with it. I think there's a, there's a group back home that has been actively working on this issue and gathering information from, you know, from the subject matter experts out in the field in El Paso and all the stakeholders. So it's one of those things that i think you 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 want to make sure that we're always part of any conversation because mm-hmm. those can move quickly if, if you feel the need if there is a if there's a need to grow that and you know, I grow the law school uh, community uh, there will be a lot of people chomping at the bit and so mm-hmm. we just need to if there is an opportunity we need to be ready to take advantage of it i, I don't know that it's right for I don't know that it's ripe right now, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it's not going to be soon.
0: In the future. Mm-hmm. So you are now the most senior member of the House of Representatives <laughs> from El Paso. So, <laughs> we say senior, maybe we should go with a seasoned seasoned rep. <laughs> no, no, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you um, take on that role? Is it something that you kind of have to coordinate with the other reps and and what does it mean to be really the most senior member for you from El Paso?
1: I mean, I do make, I make them all genuflect <laughs> when they could, oh.
0: Do they have a title that they address you by? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you know, it's really funny. I, w- this is such a great group of folks that we have. Mm-hmm. In, in, and I'm not trying to say it wasn't the case in the past, but, you know, Cesar Blanco, Mary Gonzalez, Lena Ortega, and now Art Fierro, like, we're all f- friends outside mm-hmm. of the building. So we work together, and that's great, and we have a great working relationship. And and if we don't see eye to eye on something, we're able to hammer it out. But we're also folks that you know grab coffee together or have dinner mm-hmm. with each other's families, and we know each other, we care about each other, and that makes life here so much easier. Because you know we're I mean, everybody knows on El, in El Paso we're we're geographically isolated. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that, and you know, I mean don't want to go too far into it. I mean there are people that demonize our community you know, don't really understand what we're all about. And so our job is to be ambassadors for El Paso to the rest of the state of Texas. And this group of people is just fantastic for that job. And we, you know, we're putting our best foot forward here in Austin every single day. And the fact that I'm this, (laughs) this is the most senior, it's just funny, I came in here when I was 27 years old and uh, certainly was very much a kid. And to turn around and now be the senior member is, Certainly, it's made me very reflective on on the journey that I've been on. I appreciate the opportunity. It's not lost on me that this is not something that that should be taken for, for granted. It's a great opportunity to represent my community. It's what I've always wanted to do. And now I've come to the place where I think I can do it better than I've ever done it before. So I'm just you know, it's, I'm thankful, that, thankful and grateful for the opportunity to do it, that people have put that trust in me.
0: Well, I think that I can speak for our chamber members that... It's great to see our delegation working together so closely and getting along and really moving the El Paso causes forward. And we're very proud that you are Speaker Pro Tem, and we were bragging about it to all of our (laughs) our state uh, associations and everything. But I do want to thank you for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to talk with us, to share with us, and we'll have to check back in with you again at the end of session. We'll give you a maybe a week or so to, to unwind <laughs> and then we'll check back in with you. Yeah, Absolutely
1: not. And see, well, you, you can grade our paper at that point. So how we
0: did. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll p- play back the podcast and say, so <laughs> did changed? we get it done? Did we <laughs> get it done? <laughs> thank yeah. you so much, Representative Moody. And we will be speaking again with you soon, hopefully.
1: Sounds good. I appreciate the the invitation to join you.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And our next Texas legislator that we will have on the show will be Representative Blanco, so make sure to tune in for that. Thank you.